Brother Dale here of Gospel of Repentance Ministries. Good afternoon to you on this Sunday afternoon. I want to talk about a very somber and a very sober subject, one that a lot of people would rather not discuss, and that is the reality of death. The reality that we are one day, we're going to die. I know it's very unnerving to talk about it, but I think it's something that we should face. It's a fear that a lot of people have. And according to, I think, recent studies, I had been able to look on the internet, said about 20% of people are very afraid of dying. But there's also another study that says 20% of people also are very afraid of public speaking. So it varies, I guess, from person to person and from subject to subject. So how can we, if I can use this type of language without without offending anyone, how, how can we make death an actual friend? How can we do that? Is that possible or is that just ridiculous talk, fool's gold, nonsense, or just utter stupidity? Can death become a friend to us? And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yes, it can. All right. So this is how we can. I'm not saying hasten to death. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean to have a just this unhealthy fixation on death because we are believers in Jesus Christ. But how can we not fear death? How can we not have anxiety over the fact that one day most likely all of us are going to die, whether we die young, whether we die middle-aged, or whether God decides to bless us with a long and prosperous natural life. All right. So nothing has changed, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as far as how we're going to approach the matter, we're going to go to scripture. All right. So remember the theme, once again, Matthew chapter four and verse four, folks, Man cannot, absolutely not, live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God is our source. He is our light. He is our salvation. And he is my ultimate, blessed, eternal hope. Praise God. So if you have that, you already have victory over death. Death does not grip you with fear, does not cause anxiety, doesn't cause you to have sleepless nights or break out in sweats over the fact that you're always looking over your shoulder because of this phobia, because of this fear, because of this anxiety of death. Now we all have to we all have to go that route. And as people have said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. Well, barring uh, the rapture, uh, we you will have to die to get to heaven if you're in Christ. Now, if you're not in Christ, then you're not you're never going to see heaven. Your destination, unfortunately, is hell, and there's no escaping it. And 
That's not my opinion. That's just what the word of God teaches. All right. So without further ado, let's journey through the scripture. And the first scripture that I want to take a look at is Psalm 116 in the 15th verse. And it says this, it says, precious in the sight of God is the death of his saints or his godly ones. Precious in the sight of God is the death of his holy ones. Now, why would the writer say that, that that's precious in the sight of God, that his saints die because they, they, they come to be with him. They will reside with the Lord in glory forever. And which means they have everlasting peace, every pain and suffering that they knew while they were walking this earth has now been eroded. It's disappeared. It's gone forever. It would never bother them again because they're in the place of ultimate bliss, a place that we can't really imagine right now because we're here in this place that we call earth and this uh, evil, wicked system that we are now having to endure with every day, which is very much weighing on all of our mental. (laughs) I get that. So let's look at another passage of scripture that talks about the issue of death. We're going to want to travel to several of them, you know, in this uh, time, the short time that I have to spend with you. And the next one I want to look at is let's go to Psalm 118 and six. Okay. Psalm 118 and six. Give me a moment. I'm going to travel over there and we're going to read the sixth verse. It says, the Lord is for me. I will not fear what man can do to me. And also the writer of Hebrews in chapter 13, verse six of that book says, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do unto me because man, remember, folks can only kill the body, but he can't touch your soul. Yeah, a man can strike you dead with a blunt instrument. He could kill you with a gun. He could stab you to death. He could run you over with a car. You could die of some terrible uh, terminal disease, but that only destroys the physical body. And remember, praise God, we're going to get a a new body, a body that is not subject to death. The Bible calls it, it calls it immortal body. I mean, and if a person's immortal, they can no longer die. We'll be just like our Lord Jesus Christ, where he is immortal. He's no longer subject to death because he died once and once for all for sin forever. So therefore, now that he's risen from the dead some 2000 years ago, he is no longer subject to death. And since we have his life dwelling inside of us via the Holy Spirit, we're no longer we're no longer subject to death in the eternal sense. All right. And that is a wonderful, incredible and unimaginable blessed reality that I still can't grasp my finite mind around. But if the word says it, then it's true. And with that, let's travel to some other passages of scripture. We don't have that many more to go. 
2 uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 says, to be absent from the body, in the words, and that's a another way of saying that we are dead physically, is to be present with the Lord. So how that simply works is this. As soon as we take our last breath here on earth, uh, in less than the blink of an eye, we'll be in the presence of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. That is how quick the transition is. I mean, you will literally go through death's door because for those of us who are saints of God, death is the entrance into the afterlife, into life eternal. That's why we don't have to fear death because death in that sense, like I said, is our friend. Death is the passageway or the gateway, if you would, or the doorway that leads to eternal life. That means that we have arrived at our destination. Eternal life, everlasting life, life without end. (laughs) Extraordinary. We should all be looking forward to that and we should all be declaring that to those who we know are lost. All right, let's look at another passage of scripture. We're going to go into... 2 Timothy, these next three uh, verses of scripture are going to be in 2 Timothy. And this is Paul talking to his son in the faith, Timothy, who was a young pastor. And this is near the end of Paul's life because at this point, Paul has been imprisoned a second time and he knows that he's not going to be released from prison. He's going to die by the hands of uh, the Roman emperor at that time, which was Nero. We're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. And verse 12, all right? For this reason, I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him unto that day. All right? So Paul had the ultimate confidence in who he believed in, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of his soul. Remember, Jesus Christ was the one that knocked Paul off his high horse Uh, on the Damascus Road when he was given authority to imprison and to have Christians put to death. This was in Acts chapter 9 when Jesus Christ first encountered then Saul, he was going by his Hebrew name, and at that point he was converted. God got a hold of him. Paul, unbeknownst to him, until that time was a chosen vessel by God. And Jesus had to show Paul what his lot was going to be, in other words, what, how his life was going to be transformed and, and, and the things that he was going to have to suffer uh, for the kingdom of God's sake. And he did suffer those things. And he did it He did it with joy because he knew in whom he believed. Amen. See, when you know who you believe in, then you know the sufferings that you go through as a result of that belief. Uh, you can you can face it with joy, even though it's very painful in the mind and in the body and you and, and of course naturally you don't want to go through that but when you look at the ultimate prize and why you're doing it you're not suffering for being a criminal you're suffering because of righteousness sake and that is well pleasing to God very pleasing to God as a matter of fact Jesus talked about that on the Sermon on the Mount so let's go to another passage in second uh, second Timothy we're going to go to the second chapter This is also Paul talking to his son in the faith, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We want to look at verse number, let's see, verse number 19. 
This should be a comforting one to all of us. It says, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands having this seal. Listen to this. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Once again, that's 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19. And we're going to go skip over a couple of chapters. Also in 2 Timothy, we're going to go to the fourth chapter. And we're going to look at verse 6, 7, and 8. This is what Paul says. Paul knows he's near death. He says, for I'm ready be poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure has come he's making reference to his death I have fought the good fight I have finished the course I have kept the faith in the future there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also to all those who have loved his appearing I'm going to give you an aside this has nothing to do with the message but if uh, you're a football fan and you saw the retirement speech of the um, soon-to-be Hall of Famer, uh, Peyton Manning. He borrowed this language uh, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. He said, I have fought a good fight. I finished the course and I've kept the faith in reference to his football career. Now, of course, this has nothing to in relation to football at all, but he saw the need to borrow and to quote from the Bible regarding his football career. I mean, to me, it at least shows that he values the word of God, even if it's in reference to something as trivial as his career. But that's an aside. I just wanted to point that out. And if you happen to view it on YouTube, you'll probably be able to uh, hear him uh, make reference to the word of God, Second Timothy chapter four, uh, verse seven. All right. And I believe that those are all the scriptures that I wanted to uh, cite. And but another one that comes to mind, I need to travel back to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to go to the fifth chapter. And this is the one that talks about the Beatitudes, because it keeps saying blessed, 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 blessed. So they're Beatitudes. And Jesus says this in reference to the the child of God is in verse 10 of Matthew chapter five, Jesus says, blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then in verse 11, he goes on to say, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All right. So I cited those verses of scripture only to provide hopefully some encouragement to you listeners that may be fearing death. And you may feel like the man who came to Christ because he had a demon possessed son. And he said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So the man believed in God, but his faith was shaky. He wanted to believe, he did believe, but he, he admittedly and was honestly doubting the power of God and, and perhaps the, the benevolence of God because of the the way, the things that were happening in regards to his son being demon possessed. And so, because prior to 
him coming to Christ, he went to the disciples and asked them to cast out the demon out of his son and they weren't and they weren't able to do it. So obviously that brought about doubt on the man's faith in God's power. And so we have to believe the God, word of God above all else. We can't trust in our, our vacillating feelings because that will bring about sure doubt and uncertainty in what the word of God says. Because here's the thing. If you don't believe the truth, then you're going to believe a lie. You're not going to be neutral, ladies and gentlemen. You're not just not going to not believe God and not believe a lie. I mean, by default, if you don't believe the word of God, then you're going to believe a lie. And and also for those of you who are vacillating in your faith, stay encouraged. Get into the word of God more. Pray more. Get that assurance that you need so that no matter what's happening in your life, you can stand on the rock solid truth of God's word and it will never fail you. You will have the confidence to know that it, although everything in your life may be falling apart and just unraveling and you have you seem there's seemingly no light at the end of any tunnel that the word of God is that light at the end of the tunnel. It is that it is that lamp that's at your feet that will keep you out of darkness. And it is, it is that assurance that everything will be all right, even though your life right now may be a living hell. But one day you will experience a living heaven. So keep your eyes on not on what's here, not what's not what's temporary, but what is eternal. You have to do that in order to, to encourage yourself. All right. You have to do that. Otherwise, you will lose heart and you will um, you will be in despair and you don't you, you don't want to live like that. So that's all I wanted to say in regards to the issue of death. Don't be afraid of it. If you're in Christ, you don't have to fear it. You can face it with the utmost confidence because your your end is sure. Now, if you don't know the Lord, then you should be in much fear, so much fear to the point that you would fall on your hands and knees and repent to God of your sin and ask him to save you so that your fear can be washed away with your sin and you can have the sure surest confidence that when you do check out of this life of sin and pain and misery, that you will wake up in glory. Like I just read to you in second Corinthians chapter five, verse eight, where it says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. God bless you for listening. This is brother Dale of gospel repentance ministries. We'll talk soon.